Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito, pop pass, end zone, touchdown, and the ball game! DeVito, in relief, wins it for the Orange! They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing and a miss! It is over! The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me wanna Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo! A 14-yard quarterback draw! Somebody in Vegas told them they were gonna win by 20! And the celebration begins. This is on the block. Right, you know what? There's validity in that opinion. ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica Road, heard on 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you're doing, on the ESPN app, great to have you here on this Wednesday, it's hump day, and look at that. There's another month on the calendar. That's encouraging. It is. It's one day closer. It's one month closer to getting through to the other side of what we're going through now. It's going to be another rough couple of weeks in terms of a number of things when it comes to the coronavirus and how we're dealing with it. We've been told that. We've been preparing for that. It's why we're social distancing and everything. But every day closer, every month closer. March is going to go down as one of those months that uh, we'll certainly remember. I'll put it that way. So let's hope that things get better from here starting on April Fool's Day. Happy April Fool's Day, everybody. Good thing all the April Fool's jokes kind of went by the wayside. I don't think anybody was really in the mood for that today. There was a few. There's a few good ones out there. You need some humor. You got to laugh. You got to lighten up a little bit, even in the most serious of times. So uh, happy April, everybody. Happy spring. Perhaps uh, some real sports will come back our way here in the month of April. We certainly know the NFL draft will be one of those things. We're going to discuss that during hot takes coming up later. We've got three guests joining us today. I'm excited to talk to the three gentlemen that will join us on a variety of topics. Right here in this hour, the professor, Brian Moritz, from OswegoSportsMediaGuide.com, our sports media guru. I want to talk to Brian about the things that are being done in my business, what is being done to address the the kind of dry well we're in of sports to react to, the creativity that's out there. You know, I've been joking around about this, and I just kind of look around and shake my head a little bit and just kind of smile and shake my head and say, geez, I've had to do this in the summer every year of my radio career. Now everybody's got to do it. And I've been fortunate to be interviewed by uh, the Wall Street Journal locally here. Mike Waters interviewed me about this. Our buddy Nico Tamurian did a story on CNY Central about it. And it was essentially like, well, what are you doing? How do you do a sports talk show when there's no sports? So I want to ask somebody else that question. And I want to see who's doing it right, who's doing it creative. There's been some interesting media news this week. The NFL expanding its playoffs and who's getting those games. And just kind of the, the state of sports media in a situation where there's no sports. We're going to bring in our good friend, the Professor Brian Moritz, to discuss that. 
Onondaga County Executive Ryan McMahon is going to join the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, certainly we'll ask him the latest on coronavirus here in Onondaga County. I think Ryan and Dr. Gupta, and I'm going to leave some people out here that deserve praise, but have been doing a terrific job giving us the daily briefing, telling us what we need to know and how to go forward and how to deal with this and getting the latest information. We have to stay informed in this. Ryan's also a big sports fan and pays attention uh, very closely to all things SU-related. I want to ask him about the Carrier Dome construction, which is going on as forward. I want to ask him about NBT Bank Stadium going on as forward. So a lot of things to discuss with our county executive, Ryan McMahon, coming up at 5 o'clock. That certainly will not be a sports-centric conversation, but I think it would be good to have him on the show with this audience and and not only to tell us what we need to know, but give me some good news. Tell me the good things you're seeing out there that maybe don't get as much as attention as some of the numbers and you know, some of the things that we certainly need to know in the world, but can be a little depressing, right? So give me some good news. Give me something to look forward to. So we'll discuss all that with Ryan McMahon. And then right after that, John Casillo is going to join the program, our good friend from NoonsMagician.com. He did a terrific thing on the site today, on Twitter today, speaking of creativity and what people are doing to kind of get conversations going during this time. I'm fascinated by what-ifs. I'm fascinated by alternate history. I'm fascinated by how one moment in time can just change an entire generation sometimes. Like, like what if Keith Smart's shot went in? What if Syracuse hired the right coach after Paul Pasqualoni? What if Michael Vick had come to Syracuse? I've written about some of these things. I've written columns and done radio topics about some of these things, but the way that Casillo presented it today I think was terrific. So we'll get into that later in the show. A couple of changes on the program today that I wanted to make you aware of, and we'll kind of keep you updated as we go. One is, uh, for the foreseeable future, we're not on Twitch. We've been doing the Twitch thing for a while, but uh, like a lot of companies out there right now, we're on kind of limited staff. We've got kind of a skeleton staff here at Galaxy Media doing the thing, staying on the air, essential personnel coming in, as they say, and uh, we just don't have enough people around, unfortunately, right now that we can do the Twitch thing in addition to radio. We're going to try and figure that out and see if there's a way we can do it, but for now, we're kind of hitting the pause button on that, so if you do experience the show on Twitch, we're not going to be doing that for a while, and uh, I'm flying solo here. Seth has taken some time off, so what we're going to do, I'm going to figure this out, but I'm not going to do the blind side every day. We typically do the blind side. If you're listening at this time of the day, maybe you don't always listen around 5.30-ish when we do the blind side, but we're not going to do it every day. I still want to do it. I still want to get creative with it, have some people on the phone or patch them in somehow and have them do the blind side, but it's not going to be a daily segment. Maybe I'll go grab Rick DiUlio out of the hallway and he can do it. I don't know, but uh, in place of that, we'll do some different topics, including we've got the voice guy. He's just been kind of hanging out here. Number six. So we should put him to work. And I've been doing this on Twitter, and it's gotten a great reaction. We've had a lot of fun with it, so I'm going to bring it to the radio, too. Uh, The top six. And today we're going to rank the six Syracuse basketball teams that have made the Final Four. So we'll do that later in the show. So lots of guests, lots to get into. We'd love to hear from you at 437-7644. Brent Dax Media on Twitter. Our text line is 288-0644. I have to admit, we've kind of ignored the text line lately because we've been so involved with our Twitch chat and people were kind of migrating over there that used to text the show. So 
I would encourage you to use the text line at 288-0644. Good way for me to kind of see what... For those of you that were in the Twitch chat a lot, the text line is a great way to kind of do the same thing, to text in, give us your thoughts as the show is going, and we can kind of react that way. All right, let's get into the meat and the matter today. And that is a couple of things I wanted to lead off the show with. So I wrote a column about this today. We certainly discussed it a bit on the show yesterday as the ACC poll kind of winds down and Twitter winds down and the ACC fans that were just so in a Twitter about this, that Syracuse comes through as an all-Syracuse Final Four in an ACC poll determining, now remember what the wording of the poll was. The ACC puts this out, puts a bracket out, and the wording of the bracket was, we're taking our member schools, their best players, having a tournament to determine who is the best player in that field in the last 50 years. Not necessarily the best player in the ACC in the last 50 years. It's the best player of our member schools. But, you know, perception becomes reality and all these Syracuse players get through. But remember, it's not just Syracuse. Louisville has not been in the ACC that long. And Notre Dame has not been in the ACC that long. And Pittsburgh has not been in the ACC that long. But they just don't have as cool a fan bases as Syracuse does. Syracuse fans flood this thing and they make an all-Syracuse Final Four of Pearl Washington, Carmelo Anthony, Billy Owens, Derek Coleman. Derek Coleman faces Carmelo Anthony in a hurried, rushed final that wasn't even supposed to take place until this weekend when the Final Four was supposed to be happening, right? They were trying to time it with how the actual tournament goes. So the ACC, surely with its tail between its legs, because Syracuse fans just completely took over this thing, said, hey, let's just get, there you go, this is a title game, and yeah, we got a couple hours, good for you, right? They're just like, yeah, what pull, don't know what you're talking about. So Carmelo wins, and that's great, and that's fun, and he's been given this unique title, even though he never dribbled a basketball in an ACC game. So the next opportunity for Syracuse fans to put a unique spin on history comes on Saturday. When the 2003 National Championship game will air once again, CBS Sports Network is going to show it, 7 o'clock. Anthony underneath, up and in. Oklahoma's a veteran team. They should not wilt under this pressure. The orange on the break, McNamara to the cut. He gets it to fall. The basketball to begin the second half, the backdoor war. Somehow muscles it in. That's Gus Johnson on the call on CBS. Now, that's the clincher that Syracuse had over Oklahoma in Albany to get to that Final Four and eventually get to that national championship game. But it takes you back to that time, and you hear those names again. There's something about the appreciation of the past, particularly when a certain amount of time passes. And ESPN's been doing an amazing job with this as of late with their 30 for 30 documentaries, right? They put out these documentaries and some of these subjects, and you're like, well, I, I saw that. I remember that. But then they add layers to it. They get new interviews and insight, and you hear voices you didn't hear from before. I think one of the smartest ones they've ever done was the day where so much happened in sports. It was in June of 1994, the OJ chase, the NBA finals, 
Arnold Palmer plays in his last Masters. The Rangers had their Stanley Cup parade. It was just this amazing day where so much happened. The World Cup started. So, yeah, we had watched all those things and remember them if if you lived through it. But if you didn't live through it, it gave you a new perspective on it, A. And B, the way that they weaved that story together, and you're like, oh, my God, this all happened on the same day, right? The OJ documentary. I watched the trial. I watched the shows. What more do I need to know about this? I learned more from watching OJ Made in America than I learned in all the previous stuff I had seen before that. We're all anticipating this Michael Jordan documentary that's coming out. I watch the Bulls. You watch the Bulls. We watch these teams. It's one of the most watched and most popular teams in history. How could they possibly put a new spin on that? Well, as it turns out, there was a film crew that fouled Jordan's Bulls and that team around for their last season, and it's just footage that's been sitting in a vault for 20 years, and nobody's seen it. And supposedly, is you get more access to that team than we've ever had. So being able to take something we've already lived and experienced and put a new spin on it, that's what this is all about. See, there's only so many ways that you can do the Chris Farley show. Remember the Chris Farley show, that great Saturday Night Live bit? The best one is when he talks to Paul McCartney, right? He says, remember, remember you were in the Beatles? Yeah, that was awesome, right? Remember uh, Paul is dead and they said that you were dead? That that was a hoax, right? Like the Chris Farley show is what I think of when... We just like when you have the opportunity in some way, and I am so fortunate in this business to get to talk to people that have done these things. And it is always my goal not to do the Chris Farley show. Hey, remember that time? But people like to reminisce. History means something to them. Certain figures bring you back to a certain time. Like when we do the top six Syracuse Final Fours, it's going to bring you back to a time. There's certainly a generation that you'll remember. There's certainly a team that you'll associate with more than others. Maybe you weren't around in 75 or 87, but you remember 96. That was the team you fell in love with Syracuse basketball for, right? So history, knowing where you've come from, is important. But when you can put a new spin on it, that's what makes it great. So that's why that ACC poll was so popular, because how many people, particularly in a generation that uses Twitter as frequently as they do, never got the roof for Pearl Washington? Well, here you had the chance to root for Pearl Washington in its own unique way. It certainly doesn't hurt that people need a distraction right now. It certainly doesn't hurt that it takes your mind off of a number of stressful things in the world right now. But it also allows you to relive it, but also experience it in a new way. So Saturday night, they're re-showing the national championship game. I've never watched that game from start to finish since then. I've certainly watched parts of it again. You could pull it up on YouTube right now. But when we're all separated, when we're all, I don't want to use the word quarantines, we're not quarantined, but when we're doing social distancing, right? Sports is that sense of community we're missing. Especially in this town. Right? Because we can't go to games right now. And the thought of not being able to go watch baseball games this summer or being skittish about going to a Syracuse football game in the fall or Syracuse basketball game, whatever it is, right? Like, when we come out of this, we're never going to quite come out of it, but when 
things start to get back to whatever normal is going to be when we come out of this. One of the biggest questions people are going to have about what about sports? Can I sit in an arena with thousands of people again? So in the absence of that, we're coming together in some ways to discuss these sports we've already watched. Now, one thing you didn't get to do in 2003, social media didn't exist. The internet existed, but social media did not. So how cool would it be to sit on Twitter or whatever your favorite social media forum is? Certainly in 2003, there was video conferencing, but not as easily accessible as things like Skype and Zoom are. Saturday night, you've got a ready-made party, a ready-made viewing experience. Get people together on Zoom, watch the game together. I'm sure there's going to be people doing this. I thought about doing this myself, actually, just kind of watching the game on Zoom or Facebook Live or one of these things with with people as they're watching it, too, and just kind of reliving that game. We all watch the game. We all know what happens. We all know the ending, right? But if it's done well enough, if you put your own spin on it, then you can experience it in a new way. How many of you, I mean, that was 17 years ago. How many of you have now married somebody since that day? Maybe you didn't even know in 2003. Have kids. I didn't have kids in 2003. I now have a 13-year-old daughter. What an awesome opportunity for the first time to experience that game with somebody you didn't get to experience it with. Relive it. Remember, I mean, we're going to remember the flashpoints. We all remember the block. We all remember Jerry McNamara's six three-pointers in the first half and certain things about that. But there's going to be so many oh-yeah moments in that game. That's what we've got right now. And, and we'll, we'll talk to Professor Moritz about this coming up. The creativity in recycling things we've already lived through is something that I'm really enjoying right now. This is On the Block with Brent Yeah, Axe. baby, On the Block, ESPN Radio. Presented by the beginning to Route 290 East in East Syracuse. They're open for takeout. 11.30 to 9.30. That's food and drink, by the way. Be a little, little adult beverage. They'll bring it out to you. They'll do it, baby. The best wings in town. Terrific burgers, sandwiches. Support our local businesses. Support our local restaurants. They need us more than ever and support a great place. With great people, the beginning to Route 290 East in East Syracuse. Maybe get that axe grinder sandwich with some wingy dingies. There you go, baby. So as mentioned, things are going to be a little different in this slot as we kind of adjust to what's going on with the show. And, and Seth is taking some time off and we don't have the usual crew, the usual staff that we do around here. We're still going to do the blind side from time to time. It's just not going to be a daily segment as it usually is. So what we'll do today, because I had a lot of fun with this on Twitter. I've been doing this on Twitter. The Twitter top six, right? I've just been kind of trying to do something fun every day, take your mind off of everything that's going on out there. It's not always necessarily sports, you know, because there's no sports. But when we're reflecting and looking back, like today, for example, is the anniversary, April 1st, is when Syracuse played Kentucky in the 1996 National Championship game. Now, they didn't win that game. John Wallace had an amazing game before he fouled out. Had he not fouled out of that game, I mean, who knows? That's a Kentucky team that had eight NBA players on it. Rick Pitino coaching, and 
Syracuse gave them all they could handle. Syracuse went from this fun upstart, Cuse is in the house, oh my God, oh my God team, to beating Mississippi State, getting this game on Monday, and you're like, whoa, hold on a minute. Like, they can win this thing. Remember, Lazara Sims had to be taken into the locker room for an x-ray. Todd Bergen had 19 points in that game. I mean, John Wallace, was he was the Conn Smythe Trophy winner of that entire tournament, but they just couldn't quite get over the hump, right? So with all this talk about nostalgia and looking back in this day in history, particularly this time of the year, if you're looking back, you were in a Final Four in a championship game. As suggested by... Uh, a great Twitter follower of mine and a listener to the program because uh, he responded to me on Twitter with this. Thanks, Brent. There you go. Thank you, Coach. Dino Voice, thanks, Brent. A fun Dino Baber story I could share with you at another time that happened to me yesterday, but that's a whole different topic for a different day. I know I'm teasing you, but I'll, I'll tell it someday. Um, so, and I want to give the listener and, and, and our Twitter follower uh, a shout-out here. Give proper credit here. Andrew Mattinson, he's at amat569 on Twitter. He suggested that as part of our Twitter top six, we rank the six Syracuse teams that went to the Final Four. So wake up the voice guy and let's do it. Number six. We start in 1975. Rudy Hackett, Jimmy Lee, what a fearsome twosome they were. Rudy Hackett averaging 22 points per game. Jimmy Lee averaging 17 points per game, and they get to the Final Four. Now, what was unique about that run, they ultimately, like the team in 96 on this day in history, they lose to Kentucky. Kentucky goes on to lose to UCLA, John Wooden, heard of them, in 75. It was Roy Danforth's last run before Jim Beheim took over as head coach. And here we are, years later, and Rudy Hackett and Jimmy Lee still don't have their numbers retired. By Syracuse, can we get on that, please? Number five. How have we made it that far? Those guys aren't in the rafters. They set the standard. First Final Four. Amazing players. Let's go. Number five is the 2016 Final Four squad. That had no business being in that Final Four in some ways, but earned their way there, got in as a 10 seed. The whole world freaks out because... What is Syracuse doing in this tournament? They don't belong in this tournament. Their resume is not good enough for this tournament. And they make a Final Four run. Famously, and we re-aired some of these games recently here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Tonight we're re-airing um, 2013, no, 2014, pardon me, Syracuse and Duke. The first matchup that they played each other and Syracuse got going in the ACC and if you want to relive some great old games, that's the we've been doing it every night here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, and that's the one tonight. Terrific game, to say the least. But 2016, here's this 10 seed that had no business being in that Final Four, being in that tournament, yet they come back against Gonzaga. They come back against Virginia, down 15 points. And the image that's in your mind, the image that's burned there, is Malachi Richardson. Malachi Richardson goes off second half of that game against Virginia, and I've got the photo up on Twitter. The photo probably popped in your mind when we discuss and think about this team. The goggles, right? Number four. 2013. That is as solid and as deep a Syracuse basketball team as I have seen. Real take-care-of-business kind of team. One of the best defensive teams that Syracuse has had, right? Trish, C.J. Fair, MCW, James Sutherland, Rakeem Christmas, Jeremy Grant, deep, you know, by Keita, 
Trevor Cooney, even um, Daywan Coleman got some run on that team. And, you know, do we have to talk about that Brandon Trish call? Because Number three. it doesn't happen, and that's on the what-if list, right? Perhaps we're talking about Syracuse at least advancing to a national championship game in that case. Number three is a squad we just brought up a moment ago, the Cuses in the house squad, 1996. Look, they were a four seed, but they were a four seed that we didn't expect to make this deep of a run. It was the most fun team I've ever watched for Syracuse basketball. It's got a special place in my heart because I was a senior in high school in 96, and that's one of the teams you really identify with, and I just remember the memories of being in high school and what the town was like. Just I remember just distinctly driving in my neighborhood and no matter where you went, this was the case. But every house in my neighborhood had, you know, the poster or the newspaper printout, the cues in the house that the Post Standard put out. Like every house had that in their window. And today's the day when they faced Kentucky in the national championship game and lost. But man, John Wallace doesn't foul out. We could have had a different story. They gave that Kentucky team all they could handle. And that was a Kentucky team, and that was a Kentucky game where people didn't give Syracuse much of a shot at all. A Kentucky team that had eight NBA players on it. But John Wallace got his number uh, retired recently, of course. The jersey retired to go with Derek Coleman's 44. So we get to the top two, and honestly, I struggled with this. Number two. It's pretty obvious that if you win the national championship, you should be. Number one. Right? So 2003 is there. But the 87 team was one shot away from a championship. It's one of the most talented teams I have ever seen in Syracuse, New York. Derek Coleman, Sherman Douglas, Howard Trish, Ronnie Cycley, Greg Monroe, Stevie Thompson, Keith Smart shot misses. Syracuse wins. There's a championship in the books. The old three team gets held in high regard for a number of reasons because they won it. They did it. They got over the hump. But you want to play the what-if game. What if Akeem Warwick doesn't make that block and Kansas ties the game and wins it? If 87 is the team that won and 2003 is the team that doesn't, you flip the script. They were both immensely talented teams. So 2003 gets the edge because they did it, they won, and Carmelo Anthony is one of the best singular talents we've ever seen. But 87 is right there. I mean, 1 and 1A. 